Today on CityCast Philly, it's the Friday News Roundup. We're talking about how Philly Sheriff Rochelle Bilal's campaign used AI to spruce up her re-election website with fake news articles, and taxing legal marijuana, transit funding, and other highlights from Pennsylvania Governor Josh Shapiro's second annual budget proposal. It's Friday, February 9th. I'm executive producer Laura Benchoff, filling in for Trine Nari, and here's what Philly's talking about. Joining us this week is Bill Bender, reporter at the Philadelphia Inquirer. Thanks so much for coming on. Thanks for having me. And Stephen Caruso, Capitol reporter with Spotlight PA. Welcome back to CityCast Philly, Stephen. Thanks for having me. Always good when you're here. All right. So we're going to start with a little icebreaker, as we usually do. There's a big sporting event this weekend. Y'all might have heard about it. It's the Super Bowl 58. Obviously, we're not going to talk about the team that's not playing, the Eagles, but it is the Kansas City Chiefs versus the San Francisco 49ers. My question, my icebreaker is, are you watching and who should Philadelphians be rooting for? So I am watching. Uh, I mean, it's just a fun excuse to make some food, hang out with friends. Who should I be rooting for? I mean, Taylor Swift is an option. You don't have to give a football well, answer. I'm actually a Bills fan. And so okay. I should hate the Chiefs more. But also, I, I hate Tom Brady. Like, the thing that mm. brings me close to being an Eagles fan is when y'all beat Brady in the uh, 2018 Super Bowl. Incredible stuff there. And my hatred of Tom Brady is so petty that I will root for Pat Mahomes if it means he can go down in history as a better quarterback than Tom Brady. So I guess go Chiefs. Distaste is a good motivator. What about you, Bill? Are you rooting for anyone? Or are you going to avoid this national sporting event? I, I was lucky enough to be in Minnesota in 2018 for the Super Bowl because I went for work um, to write about uh, Eagles fans. Amazing. And I had been waiting my whole life for the Eagles to finally win a Super Bowl. And I was standing there and the confetti came down and I was like, I can't believe this just happened and I happened to be here. But it was also the the high point. And then after that, I kind of slowly stopped watching football. I know it's strange, but I was like, it can't get any better than this. No, I mean... There is some logic to going out on a high point because so much of sports <laughs> fandom is punishment and pain and you're just avoiding that. So honestly, I get it. Yeah, no, Bill, I respect that. I appreciate it. <laughs> All right. We're going to switch gears. Let's get into some news of the week. Bill, you've been covering the Philadelphia Sheriff's Office for a while. And earlier this week, you reported that Sheriff Rochelle Bilal, who just won re-election back in November, appeared to have some fake news stories on her campaign website. How did you find that out? How did you find the story? Um, I was actually looking at the website a colleague had sent me. It was the invitation to her second term inauguration fundraiser that was happening a couple of weeks ago. But one of the links went to a um, it was described as her record of accomplishments. And it was kind of a roundup of her first term. And there were like 30 or so headlines from local news organizations like um, the Inquirer, WHYY, NBC10, other TV stations and radio. And I was like, I don't remember things going this smoothly over the last four years. That was what tipped you off? They were too positive? <laughs> I mean, you expect them to only include the positive things, but everything seemed kind of familiar, but not actually anything I remember. So I, I just started putting some of them into Google. And for the first few, basically the only hit or the top hit was the website that I had copied them from. I see. You know, which is never a good sign. 
So yeah, it, it was kind of a silly thing, but I, I just had to figure out what was going on. So I just started reaching out to all the different news outlets. Mm-hmm. And yeah, basically they were like, oh yeah, it, it's it's in there somewhere. We just, it's probably just the way that it's tagged or mm-hmm. basically everyone was like, of course they didn't just make it up. We'll find them and we'll get back to you. And then- <laughs> Of course, of course. Yeah. They wouldn't do that, right? No, it wasn't even on the table. It was just, yeah, they're in there somewhere. We'll just find them. So, you know, sorry, you've been, uh, maybe our search engine isn't great or, or whatever. Uh, but like one by one, they just came back and they were like, we can't find any of these. Do you have any examples of the fake headlines? It wasn't anything too sensational. It was just, you know, Philadelphia Sheriff gives out gun locks, community partnerships, partnerships with the DA's office on fighting gun violence, you know, very run-of-the-mill things that you would expect from a law enforcement official. I mean, one thing that that I think is also important to point out is that Sheriff Ball's first term had some scandals. What were the real headlines that, you know, when you were looking over what you saw on her website, you're like, I don't remember it being this positive. I mean, can you give some examples of what, what was actually written about her office during that first term? Yeah, I mean, just a few weeks into the first term, she had fired her chief financial officer who had raised questions about this massive slush fund and this off-budget spending. Mm -hmm. And then he filed a whistleblower lawsuit and he got like a half million dollars from the city. Two other senior staffers also filed whistleblower lawsuits. Yeah, so that's just like the first year. (laughs) That's messy. So as this was coming back that they couldn't find these these stories, they appear not to exist. Where did you turn next to try to figure out what happened here? Well, eventually I went to the sheriff's spokeswoman and I said, you know, what's going on here? No one can seem to find any of these. I still thought there was a reason for this when I was reaching out to them. I didn't think that they were made up. And, and she said, you'll have to reach out to the campaign. And I said, oh, okay, can you forward these questions or do you have their contact information? And her spokeswoman said that she couldn't do that because she doesn't have that information. She doesn't know who the campaign manager is. Um, so that didn't work out. That was like the week before it ran. And then eventually um, we ran it on Monday. Mm-hmm. And then around five o'clock late in the afternoon, the campaign put out an unsigned, somewhat cryptic statement claiming that a, quote, outside consultant, also unnamed, mm-hmm. had put in a bunch of talking points into chat. GPT, the AI chatbot. Wow. Yeah. And then I guess you could figure out where it went from there. So I just did not have this on my 2024 bingo card of like things AI was going to disrupt this year. So they admitted, they admitted basically to using <laughs> chat GPT to generate fake headlines for her campaign reelection website. Somebody did. I don't know who that person is. That's right. their explanation. It couldn't have been completely an innocent mistake because at some point they had to attach it to real news organizations and there were dates on all these things. Mm-hmm. They had to know, I would think, that something was not real. It's not like it produced results and they thought they were real headlines. You also spoke to some experts about the impact of elected officials fabricating, you know, not whole news stories, but news headlines. What did they tell you about what this does to how the public views public officials and how the public views the news media? I'd reached out to a couple experts to just see if they had ever heard of this or just to get their feedback. And, you know, they all kind of laughed at it because how of how silly it is. But they also said that there is a real issue there where if the public is subjected to enough of this misinformation or disinformation, then eventually they might lose trust in a larger, um, you know, pool of information or just become cynical about the whole 
processed public institutions and the media. And I guess, you know, you can figure out what kind of damage that might do to a functioning democracy. Sounds bad. Sounds sounds pretty bad. My sort of big final question is, OK, what's the impact on her? Obviously, she won re-election. Sheriff Falls is going to serve another four-year term. Does this scandal make any difference politically? Does her having maybe made herself look a little bit better you know, using fake headlines on her campaign website or her staff are doing that, whoever it was, this unnamed person, does that make any difference since she won and is in office now? Yeah, I don't know. Even if this had happened prior to the election, she kind of cruised through to a second term pretty easily. Yeah, I mean, the sheriff's office has been a problem going back many years prior to her being sheriff. And that's kind of what we're stuck with for the, for at least the next four years, I think. Pretty wild stuff. We're going to put a full link to your article in our show notes, and we're going to take a quick break, but then we'll come back with more top news stories of the week. This is CityCast Philly. Stephen, you cover the Capitol for Spotlight PA, and big news this week was Democratic Governor Josh Shapiro's second annual budget proposal. Can you kind of give us a top-level summary before we get into more of the nitty-gritty of the details of what he's proposing? Sure. This is his second budget. It's a $48 billion budget, about a 7% spending increase off of last year. And I'd say that this is a budget that seemed really designed to appeal to uh, legislative Democrats and like his party, uh, it, it's a big mm-hmm. ask, bigger than his ask last year. There's a lot of social programs, there's a lot of education spending, and there's going to be a lot to pick apart and debate within it in the coming months. The deadline is June 30th. Got it. Okay, so let's get into some of those specific priorities. You mentioned social spending. What are the things that he's making a big ask to fund more heavily in the next fiscal year? So the absolute biggest is about, depends on how you count it, but $1.8 billion for K-12 education or so. Mm -hmm. This is in response to a court ruling issued almost exactly a year ago from a state appeals court that said the state has been unconstitutionally underfunding poor school districts. And that's been happening for years. Uh, So because of that, uh, the court basically said, legislature, you need to act. You need to reform our education. It was kind of spotty on details. There seems to be a funding component to mm-hmm. this. And there's also, I think, some maybe you know policy reform component to this. Democrats have been leaning more towards the funding. Republicans have been leaning more towards the policy. And, and there's also this time element of like, it's making sure this money goes to those poor districts, which are rural, urban, they're all over the place. And then like sustaining that investment too. So it's not like you're just giving them money that then like they lose in a couple of years and, and scaling this up. So it's like, it's a complicated, expensive problem. And, and Shapiro's a billion dollars is an attempt to put a down payment. Right. Kids go to school every year. It's not a one and done type of thing. You knock it out in one budget. I also saw, you know, he made a big to do last week about transit funding. That's obviously something folks in Philly care a lot about because of the budget shortfall that SEPTA is facing. Was there any more detail on that? Yeah. So um, what the governor is proposing is about 280 uh, million new dollars go to public transit overall. Um, the state actually, Pennsylvania puts about two, uh, we're getting close to $2 billion already in money for transit. But that's not just SEPTA. That's for every agency, Pittsburgh, okay. Erie, Scranton, rural agencies that just ferry seniors to doctor's appointments. There's a lot of public transit, but obviously SEPTA is the biggest system. They get the lion's share of the funding. Shapiro's proposed increase in transit funding would uh, bump SEPTA up to about a billion dollars every year. And, you know, that'd be a a good amount of money. 
So Governor Shapiro also proposed some new ways to bring in revenue to the state. How is he hoping to raise money for his priorities? Yeah, so uh, the governor has put two really big proposals out there. Uh, Legalizing marijuana. Uh, You know, this is something that Pennsylvania is one of the last states in the Northeast that hasn't legalized it. Uh, We have medical, right, but not recreational. Correct. Yeah, and I should say this is to legalize recreational marijuana sales. Only West Virginia, that's our only neighbor that hasn't legalized it yet. Everywhere else, Ohio, New Jersey, Delaware, Maryland, New York, etc. And, you know, Shapiro's pitch was basically, look at everyone else around us. We're losing out. The hope is this would raise about $250 million once the program's totally together. But I should say, this is an issue that people have asked for in Pennsylvania for a while. Uh, We took a while to get the medical marijuana, and recreational has been just as heavy a lift. I'm feeling some optimism from people because, like, Shapiro asked for it very specifically, put Mm -hmm. a pretty specific deadline of, like, you know, I kind of want done this budget. But, you know, and and that's the hope. But can he just do that? In a, he can't just legalize marijuana by saying, I'd like this money, please. Right. Uh, well, that's kind of how my, uh, legalization has worked in other states. I think the really? revenue okay. has been a big hole. Well, I would just say, like, you know, it's not like the governor can do it by fiat, but states overall want more money in their coffers, obviously. And sure. sin taxes are pretty popular. Sin taxes, taxes on booze, cigarettes, gambling. They're not like a broad base, like, you know payroll tax or something they're, they're they tax things that people people like basically exactly yeah and, and speaking of that the other revenue proposal that's that's worth noting is the governor wants to legalize skill games and tax them these are those video terminals you might see in a bar or restaurant or convenience store where i, I think they're often sometimes say like pennsylvania skill on the side and they're just like you know they're, they they're kind of like a slot machine right Kinda. Yeah, well, well, I'll have you know that uh, if you say that to somebody who owns one of them, they would be very offended at that insinuation. Oh, but no, no, but that that's that's been the argument. Uh, you know, the, the the people who operate them say that no, there is this. That's why it's skill. Like you can game it, you can actually win out more money. It isn't just like I clicking see, a button. I see. Okay. And hoping you get the cherries. Um, okay. But yeah, they've been they've been around for a while. The hope is that'll also raise an extra like maybe three hundred fifty million dollars once the program's up and running. So. You know, mm-hmm. sin taxes all the way for Pennsylvania, more gambling, more and and recreational weed. And that is Shabiro's hope to get some extra money into the budget. Got it. OK, so he's got these big priorities. He's putting a few ideas out there about how you can get some more money in the state budget. But it's not just up to the governor. You know, Governor Shapiro is a Democrat. The state house is controlled by Democrats currently. But the state Senate has a majority of Republicans. What are they saying about the odds these proposals have in getting through their chamber? Yeah, so they've been, uh, they haven't been as happy. Uh, Senator Kim Ward, the top ranking Republican over in the Senate, said it was a, I think, rainbows and unicorns budget. So I'm going to have to be a fiscal wonk for a second just to explain this well, which is basically that it's not that the state doesn't have enough money to afford what Shapiro wants to do. We have about $14 billion or so that has like been saved up over the course of the pandemic because the state was getting okay. federal aid and people were spending way more money than expected. So we had more tax revenue. So the issue is not so much that we, we could probably afford what Shapiro wants to spend this year on education, on transit, on housing, on insurance. But it's the continued investment year over year over year three, four, five years down the line where it could get tricky. And Republicans are mm-hmm. concerned about spending this money this year because they're looking further down the line at, you I know, see. the fact that we will eventually, we, we will run out of this piggy bank and then 
you have to talk about cutting something or raising taxes. Mm-hmm. To which, you know, Shapiro and House Democrats have just countered that, yes, but also it's not like we don't have this ruling saying we don't fund education enough. It's not like people aren't struggling to stay in their homes, to afford health insurance, to have their bus show up on time. So mm-hmm. that's kind of where we're at. It's not that there isn't money. It's just that, you know, what do you do in a two, three, four, five years when those bills keep coming due? Got it. So as I understand it, this proposal sort of, it opens the budget conversation, right? But there are going to be negotiations. This is a months long process. You mentioned that the deadline is June 30th. What should we keep an eye out for between now and then? Yeah. So look, you know, as I said, Republicans kind of had tough talk. Uh, that's what's to be expected. This is a negotiation. You don't lead off with your best offer. You lead off with your biggest offer. Right. There's going to be some hearings in the uh, state Senate and, and in the state House where they kind of go over all the details and nitty gritty. Everyone gets to grandstand a little. Everyone gets to talk about what they like and what they hate. People behind closed doors are going to talk, talk, talk. We probably won't hear anything until maybe late May most likely early June. Uh, And then come June, I'll be spending most of my time in Harrisburg chasing after lawmakers and with the rest of the Capitol Press Corps. And we'll probably see something maybe before June 30th. But I, you know, we had a budget impasse last year because no one could agree. uh, And Republicans left open the possibility that that could happen this year. Yeah. Well, we'll put a pin in this and look for your stories about what's actually happening with the budget a little later this year. Thank you, Stephen Caruso, Capital Reporter with Spotlight PA. Thanks for coming back on CityCast Philly. Thanks for having me. And Bill Bender, Reporter at the Philadelphia Inquirer. Thanks for being here. Thanks a lot. We'll have links to Bill and Stephen's stories in our show notes. It's time for the tip of the week, where we share a life hack for living in Philly. The city of Philadelphia has updated how you can apply for traffic calming measures in your neighborhood. That's things like speed cushions and rumble strips to slow down cars. Through the new online application process, you can learn right away if your request is eligible and you can track its progress at any time. Visit the link in our show notes for more information. If you have a tip of the week, we'd love to hear from you too. Call or text us at 215-259- 8170. That's all for today here on CityCast Philly. Our producers are Abby Fritz and Lizzie Goldsmith. Our Hey Philly newsletter editors are Asha Prahar and Natalia Aldana. Our host is Trinae Nuri. And I'm the executive producer, Laura Benchoff. Trinae will be back on Monday. Music is by Philly's own Interminable, with additional music from All the Kimonos and James Weldon. If you enjoyed this show about politics in Philly and the state, why not tell a friend? Rate us, leave us a review, and subscribe to our morning newsletter, Hey Philly. We'll be back Monday morning with more news from around the city. Have a great weekend, and be safe. Bye. Bye.